Welcome to the Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. This podcast is with Jen O'Neill and Jeff Manheimer of Tripping. Tripping is a meta search engine for vacation rentals. It's a great company. Been very fortunate to be friends with Jen for a while. It was great to get Jeff in on this interview as well. And as you'll see, we actually did a before and after. We actually recorded half of it about, God, I think it was six to nine months ago. And as you'll hear at the time, Tripping was in this amazing growth spurt where I think it was very challenging, but also super rewarding. And you could see they, uh, Jen and Jeff have a lot of good humor and they work really well together. And then the second part of the podcast is actually now. So as in June of 2016, tripping, it's, it's fun because you get to look back and see what tripping was back then and where it's going now. And of course we know the result was the company is kicking huge, butt. It's a big time company and I'm super excited for the future for both Jen, Jeff, and the whole tripping team. So I hope you enjoy the two part podcast here. Thanks. Bye. Welcome to the one California podcast with Jen O'Neill and Jeff Manheimer of tripping.com. Did I pronounce it right, Jeff? You got it. You awesome. It. Thank you guys so much for coming. So tripping, why don't you tell the audience what tripping is all about? Sure. So Tripping is the world's largest meta search site or search engine for vacation rentals. We have over 5 million vacation homes uh, spanning the globe in over 150,000 destinations worldwide. So whether you want to stay in an apartment in New York or a castle in Scotland or a beach house in Bali, like we, have, we basically have everything you could ever want. I guess you could say... Search less, vacation more. That's one. That's one of the lines we're we're A/B testing right now. That's so hopefully we'll we'll see what the winner is. That's a good phrase. Uh, you were nodding vigorously when she said Scot- uh, a castle in Scotland. Is that your thing? We used to sell when I was working at Travels. We used to do a lot of deals with castles in that part of the really? world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love to be able to stay in those, and they have a lot of packages. So that's on high on the list. Is um, it like forty-year-old birthday parties, or is it like? The Duchess of some country needs to stay in the castle. It or? could be both. It could be both. I feel like we, it could be spanning across all those types of interests. But um, yeah, that's that's what I yeah. need a vacation well, stay there. We were looking at one the other day that came with golf lessons with a golf pro. Yeah. Mm. So rent, yeah. rent a castle, get golf lessons. Is that on your site? Like you can actually book that on the site. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. We had another one that was. Uh, it came with marriage counseling, right? Uh, one hour free marriage counseling <laughs> yeah. with like a trained psychologist. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I need that for some of the uh, work I do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so tell you guys tell tell the audience about tripping. Like, what is tripping? What's the business model? You know that kind of stuff. Sure. Sure. So we're we're similar to Kayak um, or Trivago or other meta search sites out there, which means that what we do is partner with uh, large rental brands. So in our case, it would be like HomeAway, VRBO, Booking.com, and so on. We take all of their vacation rentals through a feed show them on tripping.com and when a user comes to our site and then clicks and maybe books a rental whether it's a castle or whatever else um, we'll get a percentage of the revenue generated from that booking awesome so the kayak thing makes total sense to me like if i'm going to go buy an airplane flight i always check kayak mostly because the schedule is actually really good and easy to use and then I, I'm sure Kayak makes money in the same way you guys do, right? Like they get a fee for anyone they refer me to. I'm sure the audiences listen to Kayak quite a bit. So how did you, or thought of Kayak quite a bit, or use Kayak quite a bit? So this makes total sense. 
and maybe talk about like the vacation rental market. Like it is kind of on fire, right? It's really on fire. Um, <laughs> it's fragmented. It's large. Um, you know, everyone knows the players like HomeAway and Airbnb and TripAdvisor. And um, I think you know the interesting thing is all those are huge companies doing great things in the space. And really, that that represents a small subset of the space. Um, you know, really, seventy percent of the market is still out there that's fragmented, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, but there's sites out there called Kazaza. Uh, there's sites out there called Medicasa. We just signed a site, uh, did a partnership with a site called Dobovo. And, um, you know, each one of those has rentals in places like the Ukraine and Russia oh, and wow. South Korea. Um, so our job is not only to work with the biggest players uh, to have all that inventory on, but go after and find those markets where maybe you and myself have never heard of them before. So if you want to take a trip to South Korea, we probably have the best authentic South Korean homes out there. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that was kind of the inspiration is that we saw how fragmented it was and it continues to be fragmented because it's so easy now to you know, start a website and start a business off this, and um, it's kind of fueling into the demand for a meta search engine in this space. Totally, so, and I was gonna say, to, yeah. th to throw some numbers at you, so the market between the US and Europe is over $100 billion. Um, fastest growing segment of travel, Asia and South America are massive untapped markets. And then if you really kind of divide the market in, and you know, to, to talk about fragmentation, what Jeff mentioned, um, the top four players like TripAdvisor, HomeAway, Priceline, and Airbnb are all massive travel sites but still they have less than 22% of the market. Oh my God. Which is crazy. That's 22%, crazy. right? And is so it all the regional players or is it just like yeah. people with their own web? Like you said- It's both, it's both. So yeah, so 78% of the market is everyone else. And that could be like a small site like Airbnb, but just in France, for example, or it could be a property management company that has a million properties that are aggregated throughout Europe, or it could be like a homeowner who has like a house in San Francisco. Yeah, the so are you guys, massive. do you guys think of yourself as like kind of leveling the playing field for like the little guy, like the person in San Francisco who wants to help pay their rent or, you know, like it feels it feels like you guys are helping people who want to just be found. Like you make it easy to be found. We do, although I'd say we're, we're absolutely focused on the traveler. So our, our goal is like, hey, there's so many sites out there. There's so many amazing places to stay. Let's give a traveler one destination site where they can mm -hmm. go. So historically, people will search like five or six different travel sites before they book accommodation. Well, they don't have to do that now with yeah. vacation rentals. Yeah. They can just come to tripping.com, do one search for Paris, and see everything available. That's my exact kayak use case. It's like yeah. so much easier just to go to one site. Exactly. Oh yeah. So talk about like, go like in the Wayback Machine. Like, how did you guys <laughs> meet? How did you guys come up with this idea? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it started. I, I met Jen's sister actually, God, 2007, 2008, yeah, um, on a flight back um, from a trip uh, that I was, <laughs> I was in Europe actually for the first time ever. Um, and I was coming back on a flight to London and she was staying next to me in line and I had no idea if I was on the right flight or not. Um, so I was like, excuse me, am I on the right flight? Is this going to Chicago? And we started talking and then we became good friends. And um, so that's how I met Jen through her sister. While you I was just kind of casually picked up a conversation with an attractive woman I, next to you. I have a tendency <laughs> to pick up casual conversations with most people at airports it's it's fun that way but yeah Jen and I became friends and her sister was always like oh you got to meet Jen she's uh you know she started websites before she's been early founders of you know StubHub and I was like oh well that's really interesting because I you know was working in the web space at the time but on the travel side um so when I met Jen you know we just we became friends and, and then she told me about this crazy idea now five six years ago so yeah I mean it's mind-blowing to me that like one conversation in line at an airport like yeah. resulted in, in this whole company yeah you know and 
and like all of our employees who have jobs and, and everything that's come of it. Yeah, so. it's pretty wild. Now, Jen, yeah. you, it sounds like you had like the kernel, were you like sitting up at night going like, I got to do this, I got to find the right partner? Like, oh, how yeah. did you, like, <laughs> how long, this is kind of an interesting question, like how long did it take from when you had the kernel to actually doing something? That's you know? a great yeah. question. So uh, <laughs> there are kind of two answers to it. So one, when we launched, we were not a meta search site for vacation rentals. When we launched, we were a social travel site. Um, so I had been a fan of companies like Couchsurfing that really like strove to you know connect travelers and local people. So I thought, you know, someone just needs to build a better version of that technology. And so when we launched the company, like that's, that's really what we were, we were social travel. And so to start that, I had been thinking about it for about a year um, before I finally took the, the plunge and I was living in London at the time I had a great job I loved London I loved having a paycheck and security um, <laughs> so it was kind of tough to make that jump but um, but when the recession hit there's no better time to start a company than when the market is down and so we kind of made that that leap and then Jeff joined and, and here we are and then so when we pivoted oh. so we pivoted in 2011 that decision I'd say it took a couple days. Like we looked at the data, it was so obvious to us that we thought, okay, this is the opportunity, we're going after it. And within 30 days of that conversation, we'd completely rebuilt the platform. Oh my God, so we moved, 30 days? Yeah, and that's like for any anyone listening who's an entrepreneur, like when you make a decision, like go for yeah, it. Like yeah. don't even hesitate, like yeah. you have to jump in full force. Was it like, yeah. the, I have a couple of follow-up questions there. Was it, but the last one I jumped in, was it like the quiet desperation of like, we gotta make this work, <laughs> like let's do this. Like, cause you guys are, you guys are ultra successful now so it's okay to like talk about the struggles back in the day yeah. right like because because oh, yeah. a lot of people don't want to talk about that because it's like yeah. it's not yeah. a rosy path the whole time i think and everyone defines success differently at that point you know we had raised a small seed round and um you know we had a lot of support in that that side of the the business but the the frustrating part was we were doing all the right things we were signing good partnership deals you know the site worked very well the user base was active um, it was just monetizing it. and no venture capitalist in the the bay area wants to hear you've got a lot of user engagement and zero <laughs> revenue at least we learned that uh, yeah. early on especially in the recession especially right. during the recession yeah. um but then that was right around the time when airbnb was blowing up and, and we saw the fragmentation kind of getting exponentially growing. So we said, you know, there's gotta be a play here. Maybe it's not now, um, but if we build it now, in theory, this will happen over the next three, five, seven years. And that's really how long yeah. it took before we saw that type of traction. It is, I mean, there's a great quote by Wayne Gretzky for anyone who's a yeah. sports fan about how you need to, to skate to where the puck will be. Um, and so that was kind of our thinking is like, okay, where is this market headed and how can we be there first? But we didn't know how painful that was to do. So like when we launched the site, you know, it was late 2011. We had no idea like oh. how intense this market was. And because we were two, three years too early to the market, no investors would talk to us. No, no one would talk to us. Like we were lucky to even get the partners we had at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was Jeff out there like selling like crazy, you know, yeah. getting them excited about what we were building. But I mean, it was tough like to not raise any money and like have to just bootstrap for so long. And you made the, con like I think something you said is super interesting. You made the conscious decision to start in the recession yeah. did yeah. you so that's all a, a great old saying is like no better time to start in a recession but did you did, like did you be like look look Jeff we got to do this right now <laughs> or, you know you know we can push our money really far and hire great developers because you know did you make that conscious decision I, I think it's probably half conscious like yeah I don't know I mean I, I think we're both fans of negotiating Jeff and I love love doing deals and um, the best time to do that is when other other parties need money desperately yeah, right so yeah. a recession is a perfect time to negotiate good rates and 
I mean, even looking at our domain, like tripping.com, it's a single word domain. It's easy to spell. It's easy to remember. It translates into other languages pretty easily. I was thinking about that when you were talking about international. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that that word actually works everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we got lucky. And, you know, in the recession, like when, when we found the domain, the guy who owned it wanted like 100 grand for it. And we said, oh, yeah, nope, <laughs> we definitely don't have that money. And it took about two and a half, three weeks to negotiate, but we got them down to five grand. Oh my right? gosh. So just to give you a sense of the times, right? Did, like, you, did you give any equity? I'm just, this is a total digression, but like <laughs> I've heard of people doing like little bits of equity along with cash to kind of make it worth their while when they buy something. For, for the domain? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Just, just straight, straight cash. Straight cash, yeah. Cash, yeah. Well, I mean, you guys are really good anything. deal makers. <laughs> yeah. That was Jen. She, she did. I think you originally offered them like $100 to start. Right, so like, you wanted 100000 yeah. and she started, took a couple of anchor anchor the them low yeah yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. the idea is amazing the traction is amazing the one when we were kind of talking because we, we met through patrick sullivan and then vanessa and you guys went out to drinks and so I've, i'm kind of like a friend through extension here but i asked you one question and i couldn't like how did you manage to talk these companies into the integration or like being a partner? And you had an Jeff. amazing answer yeah. for me. And I, so maybe just share it with the audience. Yeah, no, it was all Jeff on those calls. Uh, yeah, I mean, a yeah. lot of it was really just a cold call um, <laughs> and saying, hey, you know, we can bring you a whopping 10 to 20 visits a month. <laughs> um, just have faith that when yeah. when we do this integration yeah. that over the next year, we're going to really go out of our way to, to increase that number. Um, so a lot of it was just, hey, like, you know, give us a shot, telling them on what the vision was, uh, telling what our plans were. Hey, we want to raise capital. These are our plans to scale marketing. You're going to be at the front of the line. And we got five partners to bite off of them. And, and, um, a lot of them were the big guys because they had the most mature programs as yeah. well. So it was also easier for them to provide, you know, some type of feed to us. Now, I think the interesting thing is, you know, when you start off and you get a feed, you know, it's very bare bones, right? So you're give, you're basically working with something that's not ideal. Um, and over the last five years, you know, we've gotten a lot more yeah. in those yeah. feeds. So references, ratings. I know a little bit about that. Yeah. 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 Doing a little, little digging around that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but you know, we're very thankful because if it, those guys wouldn't believe in us, then, then we would have had a real challenging start. So, well, um, and people asked us back then, why don't we just scrape? <laughs> right? Right. Why don't we scrape all that data? And, and like from our perspective, like business is a hundred percent about relationships. Yes, yes. And so from day one, we said, you know what, we're going to go out and sign partnership deals with all of our partners and really get to know them and work closely with them. And, and revenue share probably too, right? Like make it worth their sure, while. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now that so that that is the and that is the toughest part. Like five, and I told you guys like before you guys we turn on the mics here. Like for cruise consulting, Vanessa like got the first thirty clients, which is like the hardest freaking thing ever, right? Yeah. And you guys got the first five partners, but then there's a little bit like farther along. You said something interesting to to me, Jen, which was something to maybe just to kind of explain it, but it was something effective like it became in their best interest to partner with us. Yeah, And maybe absolutely. talk about that like a little bit or, you know. Sure, well, I think I think that goes back to how the market's evolved over time. Yeah. So it is much more competitive now. And I mean, we have millions of visitors coming to the site every month. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you are a vacation rental company and you're not represented on tripping, well, we're gonna send all that traffic to your competitors. Yes. And so it's it's really that simple. It's like, if you, if you want any of our traffic, just work with us and we'd be happy to work with you. We'll pull in your feed, we'll get your listings on the site and um, and you'll have a share of voice. And you're well yeah. compensated for working with tripping and everything. Mm -hmm. But that was the amazing, it was amazing to me that you you like created the ultimate opt-in. Like yeah. every, all the other partners, like they just basically had the opt-in, yeah. you know? And it's, you guys have made it worth their while to do that and mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. 
but like that's really really powerful that's like the ultimate network effect it's, it's really amazing yeah it's nice to see and that's kind of the trend with meta search sites so like initially you're kind of at the mercy of all your suppliers and you do everything you can to make them happy and and then at some point like the tables turn um, and we're lucky that the tables have turned but we still do everything we can to make our yeah, partners happy yeah. like that's still our focus yeah um, and so I think because of that we have great relationships with them and um, we're able to keep growing yeah I and, yeah. and I think you know in the future I think that what people oftentimes say is well you know you can't you can't guarantee that you know partners are going to come and go from your platform and, and absolutely that's going to happen um, and it happens with kayak and it happens with all these other guys and honestly it's just it's just how you carry yourself chances are there's another partner willing to do a different deal or a better deal in the same region or or something along those lines so you know we kind of take it all in stride and really just say hey what's good for a consumer yeah um, and if you focus on that at the end of the day and user experience then then you're going to win totally well and we have a list of 200 suppliers waiting to work with us oh my gosh yeah, that's amazing it well it's also crazy. like they probably are testing you at some level or maybe they think if they sure. take away their revenue you know they'll get a better revenue share mm -hmm. or something like that but as long as you, I think your emphasis on relationships is really smart because that mm -hmm. is like it, that's how business works and yeah. even mm -hmm. if it's on, over the internet that's still like how the mm -hmm. world operates yeah. yeah and you know I think a lot of the relationships we have with these partners like the interesting thing is a lot of them who we've got really good relationships with especially the guys in our own backyard will come to me and say hey listen you know this is going to be a really rough quarter this month it's killing me in this region I can't for whatever reason get anything off the ground you know what can you do for me and yeah. then, so we'll go back and we'll see can we put any marketing muscle behind it can we give you a, a better placement or sort order for that market over this time period can we work out like a special offer code so again it comes back down to the relationship that's amazing um, but that's that's you're making you them look good to their exactly. bosses that's really smart yeah. yeah so there's something I think you guys have a really interesting when we were talking about this sometimes I need to start turning the microphones on earlier because sometimes <laughs> some of the best parts are before the microphones are rolling but you were talking about how your skills like really complement each other. Maybe you spend a little bit of time. Like finding the right co-founder is super important. And it's super hard. Maybe it's talk so about important. how you recognize that you were meant for each other. You know I, what I mean? We just got lucky, I think. Um, you know, people ask us this, investors ask us. Um, and, you know, I think in the, God, five years we've been doing this, like, mm -hmm. I can't even think of times we've argued. Like we'll debate stuff mm -hmm. and we'll like, you know, every now and then get frustrated and all the stuff that's normal with startups. But um, I think the fact that we're able to like sit down and talk it out, even if we were coming from two different sides, like that has been, I think the key to us being able to like run this smoothly. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. our skill, like you said, I think our skills are, are very, very different in the sense that, you know, Jen has a very, very strong affiliate marketing background, you know, very good at finance, whether you believe so or not, Jen. <laughs> whether she wants anyone to know. Really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so my whole background is business development, sales, all in the hospitality world. So, you know, that's that's kind of what I bring to the table is the point of view of how do hotels work, how do flights work, how do, uh, how do travel meta search engines work. You know, I, I've worked for Hyatt, I've worked for Expedia, I've worked for TravelZoo.com. So I've wow. kind of seen yeah. all the different sides of it on the operational side, on yeah. the business development side, on the publishing side. Um, and obviously yeah. your experience in marketplace businesses has been you know, instrumental, mm -hmm. so. Well, and it's funny, because when we started the company, my sister called and she's like, you know, and this is before before I'd been thinking about having a, a co-founder, um, and she's like, you should really talk to Jeff. Like, he knows a thing or two about travel, you know, having been at Hyatt and whatnot. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I need a travel person. <laughs> like, I can figure out the market. It can't be that complicated. <laughs> and I can say we would not be here if it weren't for Jeff. Like, 
like because I mean the the market is really complex and you have to know it inside and out mm-hmm. and have those connections. It's too, also so. it's super relationship, yeah. right? Because everyone stays oh, yeah. in travel, exactly. don't they? And so it's like the same people. It's a lifestyle different, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. And talk about like your because so you talked about your background, Jeff. Jen, what did you do before you started this company? Sure. So I've worked in in startups for a while. So I went to Berkeley. I was you know local kid and. <laughs> Go Bears, I like it. Um, and I joined StubHub as the fifth employee uh, back in 2000. So at the time, we didn't even have a website. Um, and I was lucky enough to kind of fall into that role and ended up uh, doing a lot of the marketing and branding and whatnot for, for StubHub. Um, I stayed for six years. We sold the company to eBay. Um, and at that point, uh, I moved to Costa Rica, where I was offered Ooh. a position running, <laughs> running all of marketing for a big poker website. No way. Are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me? Yeah. That's amazing. Actually, it was yeah, Paradise Poker. It was a lot of fun. We were owned by a publicly traded company out of London called Sporting Bet. Um, and they had an office in Costa Rica, and they needed someone to run all of their North American operations. So it sounded fun. So I moved to I moved to Costa Rica. I, I basically That's lived awesome. on a beach with monkeys. Yeah, like, you were like... What town yeah. in Costa Rica? Uh, well, it's actually Escazú is where we, our office was. So we were okay. kind of near San Jose okay. in the middle. Yeah, been, uh, yeah, which, yeah. Was, which was great. And then uh, my budget was like $20 million. And I mean, do you know how hard it is to spend $20 million? Yeah, in Costa Rica. Like, yeah. yeah, it was nuts. Um, and so I did that. And then the U.S. outlawed poker. And so I was going to ask you, like, yeah. were you allowed back in the country? Like, how did, Barely. Yeah, the people <laughs> so, who own those sites were yeah. not allowed back in the country. It was, yeah. it was definitely iffy for yeah. a little bit. So, um, no, as an American overnight, I couldn't work there. Yeah. Um, and so, which was fine. I got What'd to you live do? in Costa did you, Rica. Did you quit immediately or what did you I like, had I had no option. Yeah. Like, we had to shut down the office because yeah, all of like us were Americans. You, like, couldn't see your parents again kind of thing. Right, no, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and I wasn't on the front lines for that. It was more like the other players because we yeah. were publicly traded and we had done everything about you yeah. know, by the book. Um, but, no, I basically got a vacation in Costa Rica for a few months I'd like roll out of bed I have a Cuba Libre by the pool at like 11 in the morning it was awesome Um, but I really missed like cities and I missed like the tech world and so one of the founders of StubHub had just moved to London to start Viagogo, which is kind of like StubHub. It's a ticket marketplace for Europe, for Australia, for the rest of the world. Um, so I moved there. I also got to do marketing and mm. work with our partners like Manchester United and, and Madonna. Oh. And yeah, it was a lot Did of fun. Did you work with Jamie Regal at Manchester United? Is that oh, really I about? didn't. No. He's an old, old, old friend of mine. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, what yeah, was yeah. he doing? Partnerships? He or? runs like, I think he's like head of all finance at oh, Manchester United. So something okay. really, Jamie, if you're listening, <laughs> Very prestigious. Uh, wow. So that's when you did yeah. the London stuff, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. So I was in London for a few years. I ran a marketing team across Europe. And uh, Where did you live yeah. in London? I lived in London for three months. Oh, it was did? amazing. I was, oh, it's great. Um, when I first moved there, I was actually in Mayfair because yes. I didn't I didn't yes. know the lay of the land and I did not realize how nice Mayfair was. That's like the hedge fund capital of the world. It is the hedge fund <laughs> yeah. capital. It's also the backyard of the royal family. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you'd yeah. see like the princes out at the clubs. Um, so it was really a really nice place to live, but it was also very quiet. So yeah. after eight o'clock, was, everything shut down yeah. in my neighborhood. So after six months, I moved to Notting Hill. Um, oh, I love that. So yeah. kind of cheesy as an American, but it was a really nice. Spot. I used to walk around Notting Hill. It's a great. It's a yeah, great place. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So that and then you just you had the. Did you come back before you I, had the epiphany, or how did no, you? No, I. So I was in London. So I stayed there for almost a year, just kind of building out wireframes while Jeff was kind of building up our biz dev strategy. Oh, so you guys um, were like already talking, already. Oh working yeah. There, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And then I moved back to San Francisco. Jeff was in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> where. That's where I was. Basically, it, the plan was for me to like open up the tripping operation <laughs> in New York City, doing business development and sales and the partnerships because there was a lot of partnerships there and it was easier to get to Europe from yeah, there yeah, and that's yeah. where a lot of our supply was. 
Um, and Jen's like, just just come out to San Francisco. It's hard to do that <laughs> by like a co- co-founder it, by coastal. It, so it was, yeah. it was, admittingly so. But I yeah. think at the time we didn't have enough money, so it wasn't like I could afford. You know, yeah. I was living in my mom's basement at the time. Oh, so it was Jeff's like, mom is awesome. I was <laughs> gonna say, <laughs> like, is really good. Yeah. O- only someone like the cost of living transition to San Francisco. Oh know, well, yeah. that was yeah. the you know. But you was, had free housing. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat free housing. And, yeah. and home cooked meals when yeah. you're when you're starting a company. So it made sense at the time when we were bootstrapping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so why why'd you come out? Well, so Jen, you know, <laughs> yeah. before we raised our our round, Jen's like, oh, just come out. We're gonna, you know, we'd been planning to roll out the MetaSearch product, and she's like, just come out here for at least three months, so we can, you know, get the product off the ground. You can work with the engineers, and I'm like, okay, no problem. And that was in November or October of. 2011 um, yeah. and I brought a suitcase and my golf clubs and my it. laptop and then now yeah. it's been four years well, later that's awesome yeah. so a couple you months you finally from, just moved all your stuff out yeah like a year yeah. ago <laughs> welcome to part two of the tripping podcast with Jen O'Neill and Jeff Manheimer on Founders and Friends podcast I think you'll agree with me that part one was great Jen and Jeff work so well together they're an amazing team and the results speak for themselves that part of the podcast was recorded nine months ago and here we are today and you can hear the enthusiasm in Jeff and Jen's voice tripping is obviously working it's very exciting and I'm very happy for them hope you enjoy part two all right welcome to Founders and Friends with Jen O'Neill and Jeff Manheimer this is part two of the amazing podcast you just listened to the first part was recorded nine months ago when Jeff and Jen were just getting going. Or they, you've been working at Tripping for a long time, <laughs> but like it really felt like it was taking off. Yeah. yeah. And I think people could kind of probably tell from the podcast they just listened to like you had sent me like your traffic chart like nine months or twelve months ago, and it was like straight through the roof. <laughs> yeah. So I knew you guys were doing well. Now what's going on? Like things, you both have huge smiles on your face. <laughs> things are looks like it's going really well. It's been it's been a journey. It's been fun this yeah. past year, and um, I think the fact that when you asked when we did the last podcast, and none of us could remember, <laughs> like, is an indicator of how fast time is moving. Um, yeah, it's been nuts. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is, you know, this year we're just crushing all of our former records. So, for example, in Q1, we did over $100 million in bookings. In Q1? Through Tripping.com. Oh, my God. In Q1. And, I mean, we've got 25 employees. Oh, my 27. God. 27 now. We was, hired two people. Does yeah. Jeff count us, too? Yeah. We, we count ourselves. <laughs> we, we count do, ourselves. We do. We have yeah. rules, I think. Uh, yeah. So, it's insane. Wow. I, I think, you know, this year. So, like, year, you guys could do a billion dollars maybe this year. Oh, is I think half a billion half a in million, gross yeah. bookings. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no. That, yeah. Hey, that's all right. But, VCs you know, with, don't, you know. <laughs> but, hey, that's not bad, though. With 25 no, people to do half a billion yeah. dollars, I think, is pretty insane. Oh, um, God. And we're seeing crazy growth outside the U.S. I think as of this month, 50% of our traffic's international. Yeah. And Europe should be our largest market within six months. Wow. Yeah, that's so insane. lots of growth and opportunity. Wow. And yeah. everything, like, you only have 25 employees. Like, what are you, are people running around? It seems pretty calm <laughs> in the office right now. Like, they're, all them, they're all in their Friday marketing meeting. Right oh, okay, now. okay. Yeah, no, I think everyone's like got a full, full place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where I would say everyone's stretched thin, and yeah. we really only hire people until we absolutely yeah. need to hire someone. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone, you know, it, it's a good balance that way. I think we have a good team dynamic because of that. People rely on each other and you know work there. And yeah, we hire people who, who love to juggle lots of different yeah. things. You know, who they're they're all up for a challenge. So and so yeah. you guys like because I I was telling you before the mics got turned on, I was checking out like your press releases and stuff. 
you had like a huge flurry of deals in the last six months. Like uh, it really that, seems yeah. like you brought on a lot of supply partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is all Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Several that we haven't even announced yet. So oh. um, a lot that have been signed, but um, we're working on the integrations for and testing them right, right now. So by the end of the year, I think you're going to see some really exciting announcements wow. as well. with some wow. really great inventory, which we're pumped about. Yeah. And then we were just, again, I, I need to turn the mics on like immediately when I walk <laughs> into these rooms. You just told me that you have a new feature on the site that's pretty new. Do you yeah. want to talk about yeah. that a little bit? Sure. So uh, we now have a lot of, actually millions of properties on tripping.com that are on-site bookable. And what that means is you're on tripping.com. You do a search for Florida or Paris or wherever you want to go. Um, we'll show you properties pulled from all over the web and then when you find one you like you simply click it take out your credit card and you can book it directly on tripping.com uh, which is a pretty big deal like the industry has has seen nothing like this um, before so we're pretty fired up about it that's amazing and for people who don't know like what you used to do was you go to tripping you do a search and maybe find like a house in sonoma for the weekend which is what i've done yeah. you click that and then you go to another partner's page mm-hmm. And there's like an inherent friction in that, right? Do you, I mean, is it like an order of magnitude improvement on the conversion rate? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of nodding going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and that friction has, is just normal for meta search sites. So yeah. you still get that with Kayak and, and other players out there. Well, you click, you get redirected to another site and consumers put up with it. And I think our view from day one has been like, get rid of that friction. <laughs> like consumers should be able to book on your site. It should be fast and easy. And, and that's kind of where we are now. So of our 8 million properties, 2 million are on-site bookable. And you know, in the first part of the podcast, which everyone just listened to, you talked, I asked you a question. I was like, hey, your partner, you know, you really must cater to your supply partners. They must, and you're like, you know what? You had a great answer. You're like, we really think about making the search process easy for consumers. Like you're heavily consumer oriented. And that's consistent with that, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the key is as we bring on new partners and we work with our partners that have been with us since day one, it's really focusing on the technology. So a lot of them have great inventory, um, but maybe we work closely with their tech team to improve the API or if it is a redirect relationship, you know, how do we make sure it's real time rates and availability? So, you know, even, even when there is friction where every day we're working with the partners yeah. to make sure we're reducing it. Yeah. Well, I, in that impressed me with what you said, Jeff, because as you were talking about you have all these exciting partners you want to announce, but you're working on the integrations now. I was like, you know, a lot of startups, they just kind of patch it together and throw it up because you can't, you really can't help yourself, right? It's like, oh, this is so exciting and I know we're going to grow so much when we get this partner. But you guys are actually taking the time to do the integrations correctly, mm-hmm. make sure consumers have the right experience. I, I think if you ask Jen, she from the PR marketing <laughs> side of it, she would, she'd be ready to launch them. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I think I think it's about back to exactly what you said. It's yeah. about consumer experience. I mean, if we launch a huge partner, and you know, we could drive a lot of traffic. That's one thing. But if it's just if it's not a great user experience right from the get go, yeah. then people will remember that and not want to come yeah, back to the site. Yeah. So um, we're very meticulous about uh, that. That's awesome. Yeah. And then so you did you did a hundred million dollars of bookings, which is insane. So you've gone through this crazy growth curve now, and everyone's listened to the last, the, like the nine months ago version when you were kind of like really taking off. Yeah. What have you, what have you learned? Like, are there some big takeaways you've learned? Cause I think the cool thing, you guys can talk other entrepreneurs through that growth curve mm-hmm. and like how stressful it is, how tiring it is, yeah. how fun it is. Like <laughs> what, what are some things you've learned? Oh, lots of things. Um, I think one of, one of the things like, you need to start. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for entrepreneurs that are listening, I'd say like one one debate you'll always have is is how much do you invest in your growth? Yeah. Um, and that's a debate we have internally. So it's like, you know, marketing spend, you want to spend just enough, right? You want to be profitable ideally, 
but there are times when it makes sense to, to not be profitable, as crazy as that sounds. And one example of that is, you know, earlier this year, we, we actually said, okay, we're going to double down on our paid search spend. Initially, you know, when you're doing, ex, you know, expanding into new markets, it's not profitable from yeah, day one. Yeah. But you do that, and then as a result, I mean, just the returns have been amazing. But it, it's taken mm-hmm. time, right? So mm-hmm. I think Jeff and I, we didn't sleep for what? Like mm-hmm. all of Q1, pretty much. Wow. Like waiting to see, like, you know, would we be able to, to parlay that into either high Higher, higher commissions from new partners or, um, you know, new markets that we could tap into. And we were able to do that. But, I mean, it took a lot of work. But if we hadn't invested in marketing early on, we might have missed the boat. Is it like the – but you basically – just so I understand, you basically jumpstart a market. So, like, I th- – I think there was like maybe Croatia or you signed a partner in Eastern Europe recently or maybe it was three months ago. So like when you do that and you announce them, you actually start spending a little bit of money on Google in that market to basically get enough traffic and really, yeah. is that what or, you're talking or about? Or it's the other way around. So a lot of times our marketing team will come to us and say, hey, we're seeing a ton of searches in yeah, this market. Demand. Yeah, there's a ton of demand for maybe Croatia or yeah. whatever it is, but we don't have enough supply. So, oh. so Jeff and his team will go out round up supply oh to meet gosh. the demand. So oh. we really try to, you know, exploit the dynamics of the marketplace yeah. um, to make sure that we're always always filling the needs of the travelers. And because yeah. now you have the book on site, you're probably getting that feedback even faster exactly. and you know exactly yeah. what's happening. It's exactly. real time. Yep. So wow. we can adjust our bids on, on SEM right away. Google yeah. must really like you guys because you're like, a re- you spend <laughs> yeah. money on Google yeah. and you're also like a high converting, like when, mm-hmm. you know, the more people convert on you guys, the more you can spend on Google. It's like Definitely. a very... prosperous flow. Although it's funny because a lot of our partners call us the Google of vacation rentals. So so they're actually taking their their budgets away from Google and putting them into us. I think you also, in our industry, you get a lot of mom and pop operations. So, you know, people that, you know, websites you've never heard of that are in locations that are really popular. Um, You go to their website and they haven't, you know, they they haven't been able to optimize it. They probably have a 16-year-old that that built the website. (laughs) But you know what? great inventory you know and so we will still work with with folks like that because it's still an opportunity for someone to see that home right so um yeah from our standpoint you know you're basically making them better at what they they're great at sourcing and you're making their presence way better and they're not marketers right so they'll they'll say listen i'm spending you know several dollars per click on google i don't know i'm bidding on you know uh, Cape Cod vacation rentals, right? Very expensive term. Um, you know, for them, they're not experts in marketing, yeah. but they're willing to turn over their budgets to us and say, hey, listen, help us market this, yes. right? And so that's where we also build up the relationship. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, you guys are best practices. You know how, what you used to be spending on SEM exactly. and what the conversion rates would be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What have you guys learned about each other? Because you guys have a really good dynamic. You know? <laughs> We're lucky. Yeah. yeah. Like what, I'm sure you kind of, I mean, I know Venice and I have grown together on the business side yeah. and we understand each other a lot better and work together. Like what have you guys learned? <laughs> it's like a call that you answer first. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned? Um, like I guess more generally play to each other's strengths. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Jen is an expert marketer both on the brand side and on the growth side. She's built huge brands before you built you know you've been a part of several companies that are now yeah. you know worth billions StubHub StubHub via yeah. GoGo yeah. so you know I, that's impressive to me um, and so I think you know when, when I listen to something or hear Jen speaking or looking or trying to solve a problem you know I, she's very much got the marketing cap on which is not my strength I mm-hmm. mean I, you know I can 
I could probably know enough to be dangerous, but not enough yeah. as not as dangerous as Jen over here. Yeah. Um, so you know, getting out of in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> like I, I think we have, a, we have a saying in the office where it's like, in order to be successful, you have to get out of your own way sometimes, and and we're very much like that. Um, yeah. as a we team. do that too. We were better at sticking to our lanes, and but yeah. there's also you, when you have this implicit trust, you guys obviously have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do think we're so, so lucky. And yeah. I mean, our employees have commented that they never see us argue. And it's because yeah. we don't, you know, like we, I don't know, for whatever reason, like we just, we, we debate, ha- we debate. Oh yeah. yeah. Like we'll, we'll disagree on stuff. Um, but we just talk it through and I think it's, yeah, kind of the way to do it. Yeah. How do you yeah. like, that may be something that people can learn from, like when you, instead of arguing and raising your voice and not thinking what the right parts of your brain, like how do you debate? Do you bring stats to the equation? Do you, yeah. cause you guys are in a data, very data intensive industry. So it seems like you could, a lot of things you could probably answer with data. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, I think it's also different perspectives and it goes back to um, the supply and demand dynamics of our business. Like Jeff really owns all of our supply. So he's on the front lines with all of our suppliers. Mm. He's the one looking at, you know, where we need inventory and, and all of that. And I'm much more on the demand side. Yeah. Um, and so I think because of that, like we're approaching the same problem from different directions. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. that that actually fuels a lot of our debates. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you're both kind of the, the voice of your customer too. Like if Jeff, Jeff may come to you, it sounds like he can come to you and say like oh you know eastern europe or asia they need this they need x Mm -hmm. y and z can what can we you know is that how it works or is it yeah i mean well because we do serve both customers like our our users our travelers and then also our suppliers right they're our partners and we want to treat them well and make sure we send them good quality traffic Mm -hmm. um so yeah jeff definitely comes to the comes to the table thinking like how can we serve our suppliers and make them them happy happy. and then i'm like okay how do we serve our customers and keep them happy and so um it's kind of a balance you talked about on that note you talked about something i found really interesting that in the vacation home market there's like a lot of different fees and it's mm-hmm. not always like super transparent can you talk about what you guys are doing in that area to make it more transparent sure yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, going to real time? sure yeah. yeah i mean i think the key is um a lot of the vacation rental world has been traditionally offline for a long time which yeah. is why you know still some sites you could send an email to a homeowner and it's like hey that baffles me by the way yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. even understand how like that can norm. be yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's the yeah. norm so i think that that's yeah. a big part of it and then a lot of it is transparency and you know oftentimes we, we were actually just right before we um, were recording this we had a group of guys in here and they were saying I just booked a place in Bali and then two weeks later I got hit with all these other bills mm-hmm. and I was like well, what were they he's like I don't know it was these arbitrary taxes so now as a prerequisite for a lot of our international partners we demand to know what those fees are up front mm-hmm. so we know that what's yeah. going to hit that person's credit card but ta- like fees that you would never imagine like Water consumption fees, <laughs> kilowatt per hour. Who's measuring the water consumption in an apartment yeah. rental? Like, That's a whole other story. Yeah. I have no idea, but yeah. but we. So are they, do you it. think they're? You think these are also just like the 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 owner kind of hitting these people with a, a tax that, that that's not even that doesn't re, isn't real yeah it could be just could to be. make extra money and so you guys yeah. basically can level you but look we know what kind of tax are supposed to be happening in any exactly. given jurisdiction yeah. exactly. and I think yeah. that, that's cool too yeah, yeah I mean that's the promise of Metasearch I think it should be like pure transparency in a market yeah. so like up until now like consumers mm-hmm. who booked a vacation home first off you didn't know if you got the best deal because yeah. that vacation rental is mm-hmm. probably on three other sites yeah. at, at three other prices yeah. um, so we'll show you that and then in addition, when you're looking at that final fee, we'll make sure it's actually final, right? You're yeah. not going to get those, those extra right. like water taxes yep. after you check out. Yeah, because you yeah. see like cleaning fees and other kind of mm-hmm. things, but like deposits. these, and you understand and, yeah. deposits and cleaning fees, but 
Totally. If there's other stuff happening, mm-hmm. you're not sure if that's legit or not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it should be all yeah. upfront. It should be visible before you even book. And then yeah. you should be able to book like a hotel. Like just enter your credit card and you're done and it's confirmed. And we want to reward yeah. partners that are willing to say, hey, we want to show this to you. We want this to be visible, right? We want that to be first and foremost so yeah. a consumer can find that first. It kind of reminds me, you said you're the Google of search for vacation rentals. Yeah. You remind me of like Google's tactics to make sure people have a faster website mobile friendly website like you're doing this for your partners and making everything very transparent it makes yes. a lot of sense to me yeah yeah cool well where so tell me i mean so everyone's listened to the before this is the after <laughs> you're obviously kicking butt like where are you guys going like what's the next exciting release or next exciting thing you can talk about yeah, yeah. Well, international is that, yeah. What, is that what you're gonna yeah. say okay yeah, I'd say international, yeah. just because we're growing so fast overseas. Um, and Europe is a more mature market for vacation rentals. So, yeah. you know, as great as the U.S., Europe is even bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think It's that's, cultural there, right? Like, Because yeah. whenever I used to travel, I'm getting old now, but <laughs> like when I used to travel out of college and go to Europe, you'd always stay in a pension mm-hmm, and totally. so, or rent someone's extra bedroom and it's like so embedded there well and europeans travel all the time (laughs) they have like five weeks of vacation baseline (laughs) right and not more um so you know so i think like the market is just is so ripe um and so ready for us so we're really excited i'd say that's a big thing um i don't know i mean there's just so much opportunity it's like everywhere we look there's you know we had a bunch of uh you know, investors over from Asia recently, you know, and they're talking about how the, the trends they're seeing over there and how we can tap into that on the real estate side. I mean, there's just a lot, yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. we've, we're always a vacation rental brand, you know, true and true, but I think we've started testing hotels on the platform. Oh, yes. Um, it's been converting yeah. really well. And, you know, the mindset is if you're, you're traveling to a city very last minute, and you're looking for a cabin, probably doesn't make sense, right? So we want to be able to show you something that, hey, you can book tomorrow night for check-in Saturday or Sunday, rather. Yeah, or people may be doing like a three-city trip and do, you know, a vacation rental for three days and a hotel for two days. vacation That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Yeah. so we're testing the waters there, too, and it's looking very promising. Wow, (laughs) so you guys could sell a lot of different things like that. You could really, Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Ideally, yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, this is amazing. Can you tell everyone where to find you guys of and course. why you're growing so fast? You know, everyone yeah. needs to check out Tripping. It's yeah, amazing. If, uh, if you need a vacation rental, yes. <laughs> go to tripping.com. Awesome. Sure. Jen and Jeff, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thanks yeah, for being on Founders. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Awesome, guys. Take thank care. You. Thanks. Bye.